You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group. American National Insurance, and Spiritless. Grilling season is here, and you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Before we get to the podcast, I want to share the story of three young women who are carving their own path in the beverage industry. They started a company called Spiritless. Their first product is called Kentucky 74, and it's a non-alcoholic bourbon. You can use it as the base for so many delicious mocktails or drink it by itself on the rocks. What I like to do is go halvesies, meaning you mix it with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail. I put a little honey, cinnamon, and an orange slice, and it is truly delicious. If you'd like to enjoy an evening cocktail with no guilt, you can use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For the Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Karina Chaz. It's so crazy to think that, you know, when I started Dead Cool at 21, it was in 2016, it would turn into this. So just an amazing experience to have a hobby turn into your daily life. Karina Chaz is the founder of Dead Cool, a fragrance brand that she started at just 21 years old. She's based in Los Angeles and she is a, get this, a self-taught fragrance composer. Have you ever heard of a fragrance composer? Well, today you have. Karina is a fragrance composer that created her company as an extension of her passion for cologne and masculine scents. She cultivated an early appreciation for natural ingredients before clean beauty was a hashtag. Her curiosity led her to create Dead Cool, a fragrance brand that takes issues seriously 
just not itself. From sourcing and formulation to packaging and end use, the system demanded change and Karina stepped in. I can't wait to talk to her about creating this brand at such a young age. Please enjoy my interview with Karina Chaz. Hi, Karina. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks so much for spending some time with me. I'm really excited to hear more about your journey. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. You know, I'm going to start this podcast the way I start all my podcasts, which is asking the guests their favorite restaurant. Are you in Los Angeles? I am. That's what I thought. Okay. So I know you have a plethora of choices, but I'm wondering where does Karina love to eat? Where is your favorite spot? Um, wow. That is a hard question. I mean, there, like you said, there's so many great restaurants. I recently discovered Damien's in downtown LA and it's the same chef from Pujol in Mexico city. So I actually visited Pujol and I loved it. And I think this restaurant might be a little better just based off of my personal preference, but. And what kind of food is it? It's like Mexican street food. Amazing. Uh, of course, like an elevated twist, but it's definitely amazing. And anyone visiting Los Angeles should definitely uh, try the food. What brought you to Mexico City and what was your experience like there? So I visited Mexico City last year and I had gone just my partner and I needed a mini like vacation from everything with the pandemic and he had visited Mexico City right before the pandemic. So we always had plans. It was just a matter of when. And we really did like a food tour and Mm. it was my first time. And, you know, I love experiencing new cities. And I, at this point, can say it's one of my favorite cities I've ever visited. And the food and the culture, everything was perfect. What words would you use to describe Mexico City? Vibrant. It was rich, everything from the colors, like I said, the culture, the people, the food, everything was just like out of this world. Isn't travel amazing in the in its ability to inspire us to think differently? It is. And of course, like experiencing new places and having, of course, the luxury to do so is so just, there's nothing like experiencing different cultures. And like you said, it's being like captivated by the world around you and seeing, you know, how people live in different places and what that means and how you can take it home and inspire you to live your day to day, maybe a little different or have a new perspective. Totally. I I completely agree. And we can get to how this trip may have inspired your company in some way, but first let's begin (laughs) at the beginning. You started this company when you were so young, you were 21 years old. Take me through what was it like growing up in California with your family and how did you come to become such a lover of fragrance? So I grew up, I would say, in a little more of like a hippie dippy background. Both my parents came to the U.S. in the the 80s. My dad in the 70s, my mom in the 80s. And my mom was actually born on a farm in Italy. So it's so funny to see her journey. And from her roots, she really inspired me to live the way I do at this point in life. Of course, like when you're young, you resist the teachings and the lessons your parents give you. And you know, just being an angsty teen, but (laughs) I, my background was really more focused on like a holistic way of living and organic. So just again, living more with the earth and the properties that it gives you. And that kind of 
structured my life in a way, again, maybe more towards my early adult years of appreciation for, you know, the real things in life. And with that, I've always been a lover of fragrance. I grew up in the beauty industry. So both my parents manufactured cosmetics. Ah, there we go. There we go. I, because I, I thought, gosh, this is so, such a young age to create something so cool and revolutionary. And I also read in your bio that part of the creation of this was working in your family's laboratory. So my initial thought was she, her family has a laboratory. We got to hear more. So they, they, they tested products in your home. Um, So we have a facility in Culver City, which is where everything is made and produced. So from an early age, both my parents are working parents. I grew up going to their facility, whether it was summer spent in the facility, and I've done every job from cutting straws to taping boxes to cleaning drums and barrels. So you know, after school activities spent in the facility, which again, when you submerge yourself into an industry that your parents do, or, you know, it's not as fun as it would be for an outsider. And growing up, my parents always said like one day you would run our business. And I never Mm. had interest because again, like when you're young, you don't necessarily know what you love. And seeing something that was so a part of my everyday didn't necessarily seem inspiring. But that's really interesting. I'm going to stop you there because you are getting a really unique upbringing. You're getting immersed in a world that very few people get to see Mm -hmm. and you're learning it. And it sounds like they put you to work and you're really learning it through every element of and seeing how hard it is to create something. You said that they're in the beauty industry. What did they create and what do they manufacture? So they create, it's more spa product focus. And in the eighties, my parents started their first business with a brand called La Natura, which is focusing more of like green beauty. So again, it's kind of like the uprise to green beauty and what that looked like before it was a fad. And of course my mom bringing all of her lessons and tools from growing up on a farm in Italy and bringing that to the consumer base, which again, was such a different, you know, business back then was something completely different than business today. So let, let's, let's think about when you were a young person, teenager, were there smells or scents? What do you think is one of the most powerful scents or smells that you remember? So yes, going back, that is when, you know, I had my little off jobs at the facility, scent was the only thing that was like really a driving force for me to enjoy Mm. what was happening because cutting straws is never fun and cleaning things are also not fun, especially when you're a young person. But it's funny because at the time, and like you said, it definitely is, you know, being emerged in such a space is, you know, people would think that it's, It is. It is a luxury. It is a gift. But at the same time, I resented it a lot because it took my parents away from me. And being an only child, it was really like the time that I spent with them and they, you know, being business owners. And now I understand being my own business owner. Sure you do. a (laughs) A lot of time. And, you know, having parents working in the same industry, a lot of the dinner conversations were about work. So as a young person, it wasn't as exciting as one would think. But of course, when you're kind of figuring out your own path, it becomes a whole different experience. So scent was really the only thing that 
was bringing me back. I mean, not that I had a choice. I didn't have a license and it was more of just like, what were they going to do with me during the work days or, you know, the summertime. And it started then where I kind of took it upon myself to experiment with different cocktails or compositions. And it was a matter of me mixing little like essential oils into a bottle and making them for myself and, you know, coming up with like flavors. So I've been creating fragrances at this point, I would say for 20 years, I'm 28 at this point, And I started like very young and you have been a fragrance composer since you were eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, I don't know if like the fragrances were wearable. I don't have any retainers saved from then, but it was more of like my creativity and allowing myself to explore what interested me at the time. And of course, what interests me today. But it's funny because of course, my my day-to-day is not making fragrances. It's, you know, spreadsheets and business meetings, which is amazing. And it's so crazy to think that, you know, when I started Dead Cool at 21, it was in 2016, it would turn into this. So my journey is just an amazing experience to have a hobby turn into your daily life. And of course, like having a full team is something, again, I never anticipated or even dreamed of. Okay. So Dead Cool has won many awards. You've been featured in magazines. How do you explain Dead Cool to someone who hasn't heard of you? What do you say? So Dead Cool is a fragrance first company. We started when clean beauty, especially in the fragrance world was not really a discussion. So Dead Cool was really focused on bringing our sustainability practices to the consumer, as well as creating the understanding of genderless fragrance, you know, for years and years and fragrance has been around for centuries at this point, it's always been tailored. I mean, in a marketing sense, and you can say that with so many things, especially in this market tailored towards specific genders. And for me as a young person, I never liked the traditionally feminine range of scent, which again, I thought as a young person was so silly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You saw, yeah. you saw like traditional sense as kind of what your are not your mother. Cause you know, your mother grew up on a farm in Italy, but what, yeah. you know, the average mother list would put on and not really what you wanted to wear. Exactly. And it, and it really started with, again, like, you know, the understanding of there being like a, a spectrum when it came to fragrance and if something was more floral, it was more feminine leaning and, you know, vice versa. And for me as a young person, I never could identify with that. And that was really the basis of creating Dead Cool was not only creating a sustainable and clean product, which didn't really exist in the fragrance industry, Mm. but again, that was so personal to me and what really kind of rock the boat was creating this idea of just genderless and creating fragrance within your identity. Uh, scent is the strongest of the five senses. So it's really just taking you to a place where you can express yourself. You can use fragrance as a vehicle to share with other people. And again, it's such a personal and unique experience within yourself that you can choose to share or you can continue to gatekeep whatever makes sense for you as the wearer. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American national agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American national companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Grilling season is here. And you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. You know, it's funny. I live in Chicago and I just, it's really started to get hot here. Um, We had a very cold May and then it just all of a sudden turned to like 90 degrees. And I took out some sunscreen, um, copper tone and sprayed it on me. And that smell of, of a sunscreen is so specific and takes me back to, you know, when I was five and six and my mom putting it on me. And uh, it just, it evokes not just instantly sunscreen, but like summer and fun and vacation and relaxing. And it's like an entire world of imagination just came with one whiff as I put that sunscreen on. So I do, I do know what you mean about this power of, of scent and how it evokes so many memories. And I'm sure that's very much a part of of your day to day. Let's begin in the beginning. You have the idea, you mm-hmm. create your first few, how many cents did you like release when you first created this, this business? So, um, I launched with two fragrances, fragrance one and fragrance two. 
fragrance one was the original scent I actually created when I was 13 years old. And what does it smell like? It's um, like a vanilla, amber, bergamot blend. So it's a beautiful. little bit, yeah, it's a very beautiful blend. It's funny because of course, like being the nose and creating all these fragrances, I created them for myself to share yes. with others. So every fragrance has a very specific timeline in my personal life. Like when I created this, I was 13 at the time and it was when I you know, started developing into a young woman. And that's for me, the scent that, kind of paired with how I was aging. It was like a really coming of age scent. So fragrance two was like the original dead cool scent, which was again, when I created at 21, this was more of like finding myself as a young adult, finding myself as like a young woman blossoming. And it's kind of a more like edgy sandalwood, very like out there scent. And at the time this was, you know, my expression of let's, associate fragrance with just like who you are as an individual aside from how you represent yourself. So when you, when you first put these two products out into the world, were they only available online or where, where did you distribute them to? So we didn't have an online store until 2018, I would say. I started dead cool. I had left, I graduated high school. I left, I went out of state for college and I felt as though you know, I wasn't, I was misplaced. I didn't necessarily want to be at a big school. I wanted to be at a smaller school with like more tailored learning and just like a smaller community. So I was finding myself within that at that point in my life. And I had then took some time off from school. And that's when I started Dead Cool was, you know, all of my friends were at their first year out of state at university. And I was basically home alone and spent a lot of time at the office because I had nowhere else to go. And the dead cool concept really started as an Instagram page and more of like a hobby that I could, you know, spend some time doing again. Never so, were, so you only sold it on Instagram. That was the only place you distributed it to. Well, I didn't even have like a shoppable Instagram because it didn't wow. necessarily exist. So I made this page and I remember it was more of like a vibes page. There was just concept and like creation and more of like who we were as a brand. And when I say we, I mean me, because it was just me at the time. And I remember we got an email from Nasty Gal. And at this time we had no physical product. It was just a sample. It was just a concept. And Nasty Gal reached out and said, we really like this concept. We're interested in you submitting product to our store. At the time they had a store um, in Santa Monica and on Melrose in Los Angeles. And at this point I didn't, have packaging. I didn't have printed bottles. I basically reached out to glass companies to receive samples. And, you know, when you start a brand, uh, usually the samples are free. So I got two fragrance bottles. And at the time those are, which is funny, they're stock bottles, our current bottles. And at this point in time, you know, our business has shifted so much at the time, there were no options for custom bottles, which is why our dead cool bottle now still is the stock bottle. I then begged a printer to print this design that I had made. I didn't even know how to work Photoshop. I kind of just like played around, looked at YouTube tutorials and 
got samples printed and delivered them to Nasty Gal at the downtown LA headquarters. So they were very like raw samples. And then what happens? So once it gets to Nasty Gal, are you going to tell me the next part as it blows up? Well, so it gets to Nasty Gal. And then two weeks later, my dad leaves a clipping of the LA Times saying Nasty Gal going out of business, closing the operation. Oh, God. I know. So I was like, wow, that is so wild. Like Nasty Gal at that point in time had been such a huge shapeshifter in the world of direct to consumer. And just again, like creating this online store that would speak to so many young people. And For me, it was a dream, but again, it wasn't something I could necessarily grasp because I didn't have like a business. I just had a product. And at that point, of course, I was extremely disappointed, but it kind of gave me the confidence and really led me to see it through. Mm -hmm. So I borrowed $10,000. I you know, inventory is expensive and you need to have product to sell it. Mm -hmm. And I then created these two fragrances, fragrance one and fragrance two. And I had, I think about maybe a hundred, because that's like, if you order small minimums, things become more expensive and everything from the bottle, the printing, the cap, the formula, the box, the insert, the sticker, there are so many components that come with a fragrance. And I would knock on doors in my local area and I would ask people to carry the brand on consignment and of course leave the product there. And if it sold, they would then pay me. So within six months, I was able to pay the $10,000 loan back. And it really started again with me cold calling and figuring out how to get my product in front of people. So when you're cold calling, are you cold calling like a Sephora or are you cold calling like a small store, a specialty shop that might sell your dead cool? A small specialty shop. Yeah. Cause at that point, again, like I didn't know how to reach people and it was more of me looking, you know, like green beauty shops in LA or green beauty shops in New York. And I would call and we would ship product and it ended up working out, which is so funny to think. But again, it was the stores that gave me that second boost of confidence and, you know, the feedback that their customers were giving the stores, like these products are amazing. Mm. We need more and wear more scents. So it then inspired me to create more fragrances. And back in 2017, I had met this woman and it's funny, we still work together today. She's one of my like greatest colleagues and friend at this point. She built a Squarespace website for me for free. Wow. That was lucky. Yeah. Super lucky. I mean, I think she saw my drive and she was really interested in the brand and I think she wanted to like help out. And it's funny because she tells me now she's like, I always knew that like you would come back and your brand would succeed and loyalty to me is everything. So since then she has built three of my websites, of course. Wow super expensive, but it's funny because I always tell the story that they built my website for free. Did you start selling online? I did start selling online. And then we started, you know, I did a bunch of like little pop-up markets and I would go to downtown LA and have a booth and the booth I would, you know, meet customers and like a few stores would go. So it kind of helped me get my footing. And we started with like the, it was called Unique LA and we would do these like fun little trade shows and 
you know, at the time we were making like a thousand dollars a show, which was so amazing and impactful for my business. And I was able to, you know, self-fund the business and everything from marketing and content had to be things that I could produce because I couldn't afford to hire anyone. And Mm -hmm. slowly but steadily, the business grew. And, you know, being a self-funded brand, I think there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors when it comes to just understanding like products on the shelf, because it does take a lot of money to build a business. You Mm -hmm. need a huge team and inventory is expensive. So Dead Cool grew slowly, but we were growing and that's, you know, I've been in business at this point about six years. So things don't happen overnight, especially when you have no money. So you have been completely self-funded. You have not taken outside capital. No, that's amazing. And so you, how big is your team now? We are about 15 people and that's a mixture of contractors who work on like an everyday basis and our in-house team. So we have, that's amazing. Yeah. So everyone, I mean, we have an amazing team. I like have higher up people now, which is so crazy to think about. What was that process like of having to hire and scale? Because that fell on your shoulders because previously you were doing all of the work from marketing to sales, to picking out uh, the bottles. What was it like when you first started hiring people and was, did you find that challenging? Yes, I definitely found it challenging. So it wasn't until last year I started hiring full-time people. So I was completely burnt out at this point in time, like 2020, we had seen growth. I had, you know, like little help here and there. And I had primarily been working with contractors, but of course, like I was running the show behind the scenes and it got to the point where I didn't know enough about certain things and I needed help and I didn't necessarily know where to go. So I had a CPA, of course, um, helping me with all of my business taxes. And it's funny because I was emailing with him and I was asking him like, you know, we see growth and how how do I budget for certain things? Like, how do I know how much to spend for a photo shoot? And again, and it's so funny because all of these lessons that I had learned and experiences have carried over at this point in time where like, our business is successful and cash flow positive, but I still have this mentality of saving money. And mm-hmm. because I had this mentality, we were able to scale. And because I was so terrified to spend, and again, these are numbers I made up in my head, like over $500 for a photo shoot. I was terrified, but I knew I had to do it. And, you know, certain packaging needs, I had to, of course, like spend the money, but again, didn't necessarily know how much money I should be spending, what looked right. I kind of just gauged it based off of what felt right to me. You were learning as you go. You were literally learning every step of this. What would you say to someone who is in that mode of going still to the trade shows and and having the booths and meeting customers? I mean, I I would argue that most companies are, even big companies are doing that today. But I'm, I'm talking about specifically when you are starting out those first few years, what would you say to a young entrepreneur who is in that mode right now? I would say that you have to, you know, if it's cold calling or emailing or stalking someone's LinkedIn, like if you have a goal in mind, you just have to figure out how to get products to that person. And that's what I did. I never took no for an answer. And if it was not yes, 
it would be yes at a later date. So I've definitely seen that throughout my career, you know, at some point we weren't big enough or we didn't have enough of an audience. And it was more of like keeping dead cool on the radar. But then of course, like making sure to follow up, keeping those contacts close, updating people and just asking questions, asking for help, figuring out, you know, how to reach certain people that will essentially be the person to open up the door for you, whether that's a store, whether that's a collaboration, it's so different for everyone. But it just, you know, you just, you have to put in the work. And I think the facade with social media is everything like happens so fast and you have instant results and you have Uber where you can get something delivered to you in a matter of minutes. And it's just not, I mean, unless you have like a huge fund, it's just not necessarily the way things work. And again, there aren't businesses that you see on the shelves of Sephora or whatever it is that are self-funded. And if they are, it's amazing. And if they're not, you know, it, it, it's understandable that they have money to scale their business and we didn't. And that was my dream. I wanted to scale. I wanted to reach stores like Sephora, which we will be launching um, in the end of the summer. We will. Congratulations. That's amazing. So this summer at the very end, you will be in Sephora. Yes. Wow. We're starting with about 200 stores and they will be carrying a few of our other category items like our laundry detergent and our air fresheners. So it's amazing to see again, like something from zero to having no product to having no website to now being on the shelves of Sephora next to these huge companies. What was that like? Tell, take me to that meeting that you had with Sephora. Were you nervous? What did you say? Was it an instant they loved it or take us in the room? Yeah. So it takes a lot of time. Um, I had been introduced to Sephora a few years ago. And at that point we weren't able to fulfill what Sephora needs. And it's a lot, you know, they ask for large quantities and a lot of marketing. So, you know, going back to the original question with hiring people, I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at now if I hadn't hired my CFO and my CFO came from again, like, you know, me asking my accountant, how can I scale? What can I do? How can I invest? And sometimes you need guidance from people who are more experienced. You know, I don't know anything about finance. All I know is how to create fragrance and maybe like an idea of some marketing and art design. But when it comes to scaling and spreadsheets and cash flow, now I have a pretty good understanding. I understand what it is and how to operate it, but I could never build my own financial plan. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, like we're not made to do it all. And it wasn't until I hired up and had the opportunity to understand where my business was at and where we could stand. And that turned into me hiring people. So mm-hmm. Going back to the Sephora question, two mm-hmm. years ago, we didn't have the infrastructure. And, you know, at this point in time, it was always a goal of mine, of course, like Sephora is mass and we want to be. So that, so they had already heard of you. They already knew of yeah. you. Take me to this meeting that you have that, that led to this success. What was that like? The meeting. So I think that at this point in time was probably a year of conversation and 
you know, they wanted to understand where we were at as a business. They And is it Zoom calls? Are they having you on Zoom? Okay. So you're not actually meeting in person. It's all via Zoom. And do they have the product and they've already experienced it? Not, they didn't have the product and it was Zoom, but in a pre-pandemic world, I'm not quite sure if we, you know, I have at this point met with the Sephora team in person, but it's funny. Zoom has just opened up so many conversations and it's, it's funny because it seems like such a simple way to communicate with people, but I don't think people were Zooming as much as we do today. They definitely weren't. No, they definitely weren't. (laughs) Okay. So what was the, what was the conversation like? When did you finally get your yes? And what was that like? So we got our yes. It was November of last year. So it was going through the motion of having the initial meet, then sending samples, then having a second meet, talking to the higher up people, um, giving them a little bit more of uh, a peek under the rug, sharing our sales and what our plans are and our growth and what categories we're extending to. So it turned into, you know, at this point, we look at Sephora as our partners. They know everything that we're launching and moving forward with. So it took until November, we got the yes. And then we, you know, since then have been working on the launch of Sephora, which includes influencer marketing strategy, sample campaign strategy, what the curation is going to look like. We're, you know, adding new products, how we can market and share to our consumer that we will be launching in Sephora. And of course, like Sephora is amazing for discovery. So it it's taken from November to now where, you know, we're just now receiving our first PO and it ships, you know, the beginning of July. So it takes a lot of time, but of course the first initial meet, we weren't as organized and, you know, you can't really launch in a major retailer unless you have the foundation. Of course, all your ducks have to be in a row. When you look forward, what is the vision? I mean, here you are really on uh, about to launch in Sephora. This is an extremely exciting time for Dead Cool. Uh, you know, give me the next two to five year plan for you. So the next two years, um, I guess to five years. So we will launch in all Sephoras by the end of our contract, which is a three-year contract. And they're expanding, of course, as all these major retailers are. We will be expanding to places in Australia with a similar store called, well, actually I can't say because the contract hasn't signed yet, but we're planning on (laughs) expanding to Australia. And of course, like other Sephora's throughout the world. And it's funny to see a niche product turn mass. And with that, we will be launching new categories and it's really about community and experiencing send throughout different touch points in your life. And that's how we're introducing our brand moving forward as more of a lifestyle. What do your parents think of your success? They must be so proud. They are extremely proud. They, you know, help me every day if it's a business question, if it's an operation question. So my parents don't, you know, with everything that happened in the recession of 2008, all of their retailers that they sold to closed, then rebuilding. And then of course the pandemic happened in 2020, a huge part of their business was hotel and spa. So they've stepped away a little bit and have focused on helping me. So, you know, it's the staff that has been producing their products for, you know, 20 plus years are now 
staff that I have on my full-time payroll. And it's funny to see, I mean, they were with us before I was even born. And Mm, it's a family business. It is a family business. Yes. And at some point, which will be a shame, we will have to change the way we do things. And of course that comes with demand, but we're taking things slow. We're taking the scale slow and we're just building every day. And, you know, I would say in five years, hopefully that would be when I exit, but of course I will always be a part of the brand. It's more so where we see the brand in five years and how, you know, mass we can make it. And it's really a conversation I have with myself. Do I want to, you know, see it through or do I want to give it maybe like the platform that it deserves and, you know, in the hands of a huge conglomerate, I think it could maybe go much farther. Well, I think your story is going to be really inspiring, especially to a young entrepreneur who, you know, dreams of doing something similar. So cheers to you, Karina. It's wonderful to hear your story. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my God, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And this is such an honor. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at To Dine For with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For the podcast, American National, Spiritless, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golmer. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.